on dramatic impact the discoveries that Edmonton actor and singer Corey Christensen has made about his craft on stage and in rehearsal. But then I've also had the opportunity to be in two musicals that were amazing. Um, I was in Fantastics, and then I was recently in Man of La Mancha. And the interesting thing about the music part, which I didn't realize this before, is that you get to a point in the play where you, you could not speak the words and get out the emotion that was necessary. They have to be sung. You cannot convey the emotion of the moment without singing it. Welcome back. This is episode 15 of Dramatic Impact. Today we're hearing from Edmonton actor and singer Corey Christensen. Corey came to acting later in life. He has a background in music. He's played in local pop, country, and blues bands as a drummer and backing vocalist, and he sings in a jazz quartet. Corey has appeared in lead roles in musicals in many community theater productions, and recently he appeared in The Wild Guys at Festival Place in Sherwood Park. In 2008, he played Don Quixote in the Horizon Players production of Man of La Mancha, Captain Von Trapp in the Festival Place production of Sound of Music, and El Gallo in the Walterdale Playhouse production of The Fantastics. He also played Uncle Ed in Crossword Puzzles in the Walterdale Playhouse production of An Evening of One Axe. In 2007, Corey appeared as Colonel Ricci in Passion, a musical by Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine, at the Edmonton International Fringe Theatre Festival. I got to know Corey a bit when we participated in two acting workshops together, and I can attest to the fact that he's a very talented and dedicated actor. I asked him to be on the show because I was struck by the way he talks about his craft with such passion and fascination, and I always find his insights really interesting. I think you will too. If you're in Edmonton, you'll have a great opportunity to see Corey in action, probably literally, between April 1st and April 11th at the Walterdale Theatre, where he'll be appearing as one of the leads in the famous thriller Death Trap. Look at the show notes for this episode at www.actingintheater.com to find out more. I hope you enjoy the interview. So, Corey, tell me about your first experiences as an actor, and what was it about acting or theater that attracted you so strongly? My very first experience? Okay, I'm going to go way back. (laughs) I used to put on little skits. I remember this is back when, I don't know, geez, eight years old, nine years old for family and there was sort of a tickle trunk in the house and uh, I don't know we'd get dressed up and we'd put on little plays uh, in the living room and, and I'm, I'm sure they were rather silly and quaint but mom and dad loved them and, and I guess you know as the expression goes I've been acting up ever since you know I, but I, never, I haven't even thought of that for a while I mean that was I remember you know silly things like I think there was a, a toy back then was Hang On Harvey or something and I remember we did a whole skit around that these old men with canes and, you know, you'd have to scream, well, hang on, Harvey. But I guess in, in the realm of, of what I'm doing now, well, I used to be a drummer for, for years and years, and I would go up and sing and do open mic nights and stuff like that, and, and I would remember I could sing about three songs, and then my voice would be gone. And I figured, well, I'm singing wrong. So I asked around, and I got a vocal coach, 
And I don't know, my second or third lesson, the lady says, well, yeah, have you ever thought of doing musical theater? And I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to. So I auditioned for a show called Secret Garden with a Lope. I auditioned and I got a callback, which was exciting. I go to the callback and I was handed a piece of sheet music with all these people. There had to be 50 people in the room. And I was put in some row with guy, I don't know what, my, what I was supposed to be, my part was going to be, and was told to sing. And it was horrific. Mm. It, was, it was like being put up on, uh, let's say at school, when you go to the blackboard and you're asked to spell a word, and you'd stand there with the chalk and wouldn't even know, what, you know to start with what letter. Well, that's what it was like. I'm sitting there holding the sheet music, and I'm having to sing, and I have no idea. It means nothing to me, sheet music. Because, you know, it was just... It was kind of like Macaulay Culkin, you know, just screaming, ah, and I uh, sang, and everyone was nice, and they clapped after I sang, and even had pained looks on their face. Did not get the role, obviously. They said they had no use for me, and I phoned the gentleman back. I think it was Randy Mueller, and I told him in my best Terminator voice that I'd be back, <laughs> and I spent the next six months or so, seven months, with the vocal coach and learned how to prepare for that type of thing, audition and how to, you know, use the sheet music and went in for my second audition and that was for a play called Wonderful Life and I was given a role right at the audition and didn't have to do a callback and as they say the rest is history. I knew I had to do it even though it was such a bad experience, the, the first callback, I just would not be denied. It was something that I loved, I enjoyed even though it was scary and did not turn out well. And I'm so glad I did because that first play was amazing. Yeah. So the, the experience with the sheet music, was it that you were expected to sight sing without knowing the melody or it was just having to, to read it at the same time as you're singing it or? Uh, a combination of, I think, both. Um, you know, he did play it and I did try to position myself so that, you know, that that line would get sang, you know, three or four times before me by other people. Yeah. And I think that you know, the musical director at the time was, would realize that too, but it was, just, it was just so overwhelming and to be in a room of people and to do something that I'm not that comfortable with, it just became, it's just a big blur and I just put, I look at the words and I just sort of monotonely put out the words. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I think it was just an experience obviously and I, yeah, I didn't know how to sight read. You know, I can read drum charts, but I couldn't read um, an actual, you know, score on how to sing it. I mean, I'm better at it now, but... You know, it's all relative. You know, it's yeah, well, I can't sight sing, but I have a good ear, and I can yeah. learn music by ear. Yeah. So I can, and I think everybody has had those bad audition experiences. Oh, yes. So I know you've studied singing and that you've performed in lead roles in musicals for many community theater productions and at the Edmonton Fringe. What do you see as the differences between acting when you're performing a song versus acting in a straight play? Hmm. I used to think there was a really big difference. I remember at first, when I was in musical, I th well, I thought I'd, want, I'd go into music because, you know, I thought I could hide behind the music, right? You know, because, you know, the acting stuff would be tough. And then it turned out that I would be doing the acting stuff and going, oh, no, oh, no, i got to sing now. i gotta, I got to sing the song. <laughs> you know, you know it's, this isn't a good thing when you're on stage. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here comes a song. Okay, I'm about to sing. <laughs> and then it's, you know, you, you, you sing, and, and it's kind of a nice release, and it's a different, and then you go back to the acting. And, and musicals in general, again, I don't want to, you know, typecasting's too badly, but, I mean, they're a little bit lighter, whereas the, you know, the straight plays and stuff like that, I'm, I'm discovering are actually a little bit more difficult in some regards because you really have to keep your focus. But then I've also had the opportunity to be in two musicals that were amazing. 
Um, I was in Fantastics, and then I was recently in Man of La Mancha. And the interesting thing about the music part, which I didn't realize this before, is that you get to a point in the play where you, you could not speak the words and get out the emotion that was necessary. They have to be sung. And I think there's a lot of shows where, well, I guess actually the other way around, there's not a lot of shows like that. I think this is an example of that, where all of a sudden, like I said, you just, you cannot convey the emotion of the moment without singing it. As we all know, I mean, you can listen to a song and it'll take you back to a moment in your life. Well, there are some shows, and, you know, not to beat up on some of them, but I mean, there's some shows that this, I mean, the music part of it is just, it's, it's just entertainment. It's just part of the show. It's like, you know, it's like all of a sudden we're going to do a dance number here for no particular reason whatsoever. <laughs> and um, we're going to sing and we're going to have some fun. But it's entertaining and that's all right. But I think if, you know, I think the really strong musicals, um, like the two I just mentioned, I mean, if, if that's what it's about, it helps people with the journey. It's pretty amazing to be a part of that. And, and I think what I'm starting to learn, like at least from the last show, that because I used to just take a song as, oh, I'm just going to sing my song now, and then we'll go back to the, to, to the story, right? If you do it properly, the same amount of work of intention and belief and all those things still need to be made with the lyric. The lyric is part of the script, it's part of the words, it's part of the story, and if you just take that as, oh, this is just you know, some rhyming uh, part of the show, you're losing it, and you're going to lose your audience, and I think if you take it as, wow, this is a moment where I can lift it, and I can, in some regards, I think it gives people maybe an opportunity to maybe pull back if things are getting too tense. You know, a song can, I know, ground people, give mm-hmm. people a, a moment to reflect. I guess sort of, you know, the short answer to what you're saying, I think if you do it properly, both are very difficult. And in some regards, I think you can get seduced in a song to thinking that it's not important. And I think you really have to work the lines and make sure that you're telling a story and the journey still continues during the song. And just from a subjective point of view for you as an actor, does it feel different when you're acting, when you're performing a song versus acting a monologue or acting in a scene? Previous to the last play, I would have said, yeah, there is a difference. And one of the reasons still why is every time the song would start, I'd be going, oh no, God, I gotta sing now. <laughs> um, so I mean, and, and if, as soon as you have that, you're lost. But I, in this show, no, there, for me, there wasn't. It was actually, honestly, it was just, you got to the point where you had to sing it. If, if mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to sing it, I don't know what would have happened. I, I think, I think that, it, that it would have failed. So in some regards it was, but I was just lucky to be in such a great play, I think. <laughs> no, really, it's so well written. I don't notice it anymore. I don't notice the difference. It's still, it's all part of taking the audience on a journey. What books, theories of acting, or teaching methods have you found most useful as a student of acting? Well, probably just doing is probably the best, but I'm bad with names, so I'll, you know, okay. I'll, I'll start that right now. There's, I've, I have purchased some books, obviously, and I've read them. There's, I think there's this woman, Hannah Hagen or something Uta like Hagen. this. Ugen Hagen, thank Uta you. Hagen, yeah. All right, so I've... I've that and there's the the Russian guy and all again again I don't want to say it because you know it's Slasky or something like this yes okay there you go and and what I've actually started to learn is I've learned more from having the opportunity to be with such great directors because they put in all that time in some regards I'm a bit of an imposter but I, I think the main thing is my belief and my trust and all the talent that I've been around 
And I think that says more than anything, you know, whether or not I you know, can remember a name of a book I read. But what also I find really interesting is that a lot of the stuff that I am reading is exactly what directors and musical directors and things like that are telling me. And in some regards, it's, um, you, know, you kind of read it, you try it. Like I said, I, I'm blessed. I have just the most amazing directors. I have starting to get a toolbox of things to do. So for people that haven't had experience with acting, could you just give some examples of some techniques or methods or approaches that you've found useful that you've gotten from your directors or from anywhere? Well, I guess, unfortunately, probably one of the, the most important things is it takes a lot of work. And um, it's, I didn't realize that. Um, I thought it was, you know, this frivolous, trite, journey or you know being an actor but it's not it takes it takes a lot a lot of work I learned that definitely from the directors the concept of intent how to prepare scripts there's a lot of just technical stuff where you know the the concept of of one sentence one breath one idea the concept of everything I say has to be an action like I want I want you like I action verb you it's what I want to create so I mean if an example I read once was the question could be do you want some coffee? And everyone would think, well, that's just a question, it's a query, but no, maybe I'm trying to tell you that uh, I want you to leave, I don't want you to have coffee. So then you say it differently, I want you to leave, I want to anger you, I I want to be condescending, I want to, you know, I I want to seduce you. I mean, you can all do that with that line. So that's where you make your choices and you have to be very clear with that. And I think the other side, I mean, sounds, I mean, there's a lot of these methods, again, and I don't have the proper names for them, but where I would, take something from my own life and, and bring it on stage. And so the moment that I'm trying to create, yeah, it's not even close to what I'm feeling inside of my own self, but it's, it's the intent and the emotion that has to get out. The trust, belief. I mean, there's so many things that I don't think you can get from the books as well that you get from these people and just get from doing. But I think the other thing that I've also discovered too from like taking courses like drama works like yourself and Every time I go in there thinking, oh, yeah, I've, you know, I'm, I'm coming an actor. <laughs> you know, you meet these people and, and all of a sudden you realize how little you know. I take these courses and all that happens is more steps just got put out in front of me. I mean, yeah, sure, I took a couple more. But, you know, I, I think that's the interesting thing about acting is that it's, it's a constant learning experience. I don't think you'll ever stop learning and growing. I hope you enjoyed that. To hear more from Corey, I recommend listening to my interview with him in Episode 7, Secrets of the Actor, in which I interviewed him and two other actors about the way that acting affects other aspects of their lives. And be sure to check him out at the Walterdale Theatre in Edmonton in April. And you may be interested to hear that next month I'm presenting an audio documentary about a theatre project out of Calgary called The Invisible Project. This was a play presented last month as part of One Yellow Rabbit Theatre Company's High Performance Rodeo, which is an international festival of the arts that encourages cutting-edge and alternative work. The Invisible Project is a play created for and with Calgary's homeless community. David Van Bell, who you may remember from Episode 3, and his company created an original work through on-site research with the homeless community, mostly at Calgary's Drop-In Center Shelter. The play incorporates documentary-style recreations of interviews with homeless people, expressive movement in mask, and music and soundscapes recorded at the Drop-In Shelter. 
I want to tell you that being part of a full audience of clients and staff at the drop-in shelter watching the performance was a truly powerful experience. In the audio documentary next month, you'll hear snippets from the show and interviews with director and facilitator David Van Bell, actor Richard Lee C., and shelter client Linda Coleman. Together, I hope all of these recordings will give you a sense of the impact of this project on the participants' lives. Watch for that at the beginning of next month, and as always, thanks for listening. I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time. (laughs) 